As we were leaving, a song came on that sent this place into a tailspin. People flooded the dance floor from the bar, started to climb on chairs and tables and other risers. This song was totally new to us, so we had no idea what was going on, but it definitely stopped us in our tracks and made us consider what we were about to experience. Look at, look at, look at, look at, look at what you're doing to me. It's been one year, four months, and a couple of weeks. And yet, it's still nothing compared to the nights on the beach. Close your eyes and don't peek. No. Welcome back to Curate Curiosity, where we help you discover the details for trips you've been talking about taking for years. Offline, right now we're focused on setting dates and locations for our ski season. We ski on an Indy Pass, if you know, you know. So stay tuned for the destinations we select to fill out this year in the Midwest and beyond. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to give you a quick Chicago wreck right off the red line. I'm passionate about seeing my city as a tourist. So I do my best to enjoy what's right out my front door because I don't have to wait for a flight or a passport stamp to get curious enough to explore. There are plenty of new experiences nearby. With that in mind, I'll be providing some local recs to highlight how beautiful this city can be around the clock. On your next free day in the city, you gotta check out the Chicago Sculpture Exhibit. This is a network of sculptures hidden in plain sight from Bucktown to Buena Park. Start a self-led art tour right off the red line, three blocks from the Belmont stop at Clark and School. Some of these sculptures are scattered off the beaten path, but I've seen tons in our area. This open air tour is super dope because one, it's free, two, it's always open, and three, you get to hear first-hand explanations from each artist. How? Well, let me tell you. The AutoCast app. The way to get started is to go and scan the QR code near a piece or download the AutoCast app in advance to scope a plan for your walking tour. That's AutoCast, O-T-O-C-A-S-T. I discovered that this was a network of sculptures during a quick walk after lunch. When I realized these weren't standalone pieces, it was clear that I'd already seen a few of these sculptures walking the neighborhood and waiting for dinner reservation tables. If you're looking for a fun way to wander the city, or you have time to kill before or after your next night out, download the AutoCast app and see which piece of the Chicago Sculpture Exhibit is near you. Today's episode is all about Porto, Portugal. Porto is an unsung sweet spot of Portugal. Beyond Lisbon and Lagos, Porto holds its own, with tons of history and highlights in northern Portugal. This episode is a must-listen, because Porto is the home of port wine and so much more. Since I visited the beaches of Lagos and the Algarve region during college, I've wanted to go back to see the city side of Portugal. I can't wait to share, because one of our best memories in Europe happened in Porto.
Our time in Porto was super quick. I think we were there for like 48 hours, but there are a few quick stories that really capture our time. The first one is called Arrival. So this is coming off the heels of our trip to Bari. We had just gone to Bari a couple weeks before this, and we decided to make Porto our next destination per the recommendation of a colleague. Either way, when we arrived, there are a few things to keep in mind. Number one, setting the scene, it was nighttime. Now, to be in a country and a city that you're unfamiliar with at night, arriving by plane and then needing to get to your hostel, Airbnb, or hotel isn't always seamless. For us, it was just that. Our previous trip, we had arrived via Uber, and the Uber took us to what was a an abandoned field, basically nothing. So we had gotten scammed less than a month ago, so we were on high alert. Basically, we were super scared that things wouldn't go to plan. So let me set a scene for you here. We pull up, and we're in the plaza near our spot, and our Uber driver lets us know that we're going to have to stop here and get out. There were people parking and parked in this very skinny one-way street, so he decided that this was the end of his ride. That was the first hiccup. Having to get out of the Uber just a block early kind of put us even higher on high alert. As we got our stuff out of there, we started to walk towards the space, and as usual, I usually go in first, go ahead just to make sure I can scout the spot and keep an eye on what we're walking into. We did the same this time, but instead of walking up to the door together, I uh, had Audrey kind of chill at the intersection nearby. After I popped open the door, I signaled to Audrey that things were okay and the coast was clear, so she followed behind closely. We went up the stairs, and as we opened our door, we were pretty pleased with what we saw. Both the modern amenities outside and inside, as well as just a ton of character on the building, made this place feel like a beautiful, magical stay. The magic didn't stop there, though, because as we walked across the threshold, set our bags down in the bedroom and turned around, we caught a glimpse of an incredible view. Maria and her team had totally undersold this, and off in the distance we saw the Cathedral of Porto standing out in the night sky among all the other houses and apartments in the area. We didn't know at the time, but from then on, we knew that that view was just the first part of Porto that would make this a stay to remember. Another story from our time is simply entitled Foley's. After hanging out in a bar for maybe 30 to 40 minutes, we decided it was time for us to go. As we were leaving, a song came on that sent this place into a tailspin. As this song came on, people flooded the dance floor from the bar, started to climb on chairs and tables and other risers. This song was totally new to us, so we had no idea what was going on but it definitely stopped us in our tracks and made us consider what we were about to experience. So setting a scene for you, we were just arriving to Porto the night that we were in this bar. 
We'd been on a flight and eaten at the airport, so we were hella tired, ready to go to bed. But in true fashion, since it was Saturday night and we wouldn't be there for another night over this weekend, I really begged Audrey for us to go out dancing. I love to dance and I love to get out and kind of people watch and just be in big crowds among the people. This time we chose the bar 3-6 Foley's. It's near Clericos, kind of near our stay, near the university, but it's down the hill. So with the hill being ahead of us, Audrey was ready to go to bed. She's kind of a person who guards her energy. So long story short, we got in, we got our drink, we hung out, and she was ready to go. After kind of seeing what this place had to offer, I was ready to go too, but we had to earn this spot. Again, it was Saturday night, so the streets were full. And as we walked up to the door of this bar, this was still the times of COVID. We'd actually left our IDs back at the spot, so it was a fingers crossed kind of moment not knowing if we'd get in anyway. Either way, when we got to the door, immediately the bouncer asked for our COVID passes. Now, we had our COVID passes as well as our passports all on our phones. But being in a new country, not connected to the Wi-Fi yet, things wouldn't load quickly on our phones. So we're standing in line waiting for these two important documents to come up, and eventually they do. He sees what we have, and he waves us on, and we get inside for our two or three drinks. We hung out for maybe an hour, max hour and a half, before we decided it was time to go. While we were there, again, this spot is just your basic Bar club crossover, strong amount of aesthetics, a lot of lights for that small space. But again, everything changed once this song came on. We're hanging out in this bar, dancing, doing our thing, having a good time, catching up, trying to make a plan for tomorrow and understand what we're going to be able to sink our teeth into while we're in Porto. Again, after a little bit of time, back and forth from the little dance floor that was inside of 3-6 Foley's. We thought it would be best if we got some rest so we could really tackle the day with all of our port wine tastings and lunches and walking these hills of Porto tomorrow. As we did, though, we heard something in the distance, and that song was Pepas. For those who don't know, Pepas was released in June 2021. This song is incredible, and I believe it's by Farruko. This song changed the game inside of this bar. It seemed like people were flooding in from the streets. People at the bar were moving towards the dance floor and people on the dance floor started to climb on top of things. As the song heated up and the beat dropped, the DJ just continued to spin. After one full round of the song, people dancing, clapping, singing at the top of their lungs, he played another and another remix version of the same song. We didn't know it at the time, but this was the first time we'd hear this club banger, and this became the song of the year for us. Anytime this song came on, we knew we were getting out of our seats, and we knew everyone else was going to join us too. This changed this small, basic crossover bar club into an insane memory for us, and after that, we left on cloud nine. In reality, even though we were going to leave after an hour or so hanging out at 3-6 Foley's, we ended up staying maybe another hour and a half just on all the vibes and energy created by the DJ spinning pit bus. We definitely didn't regret staying just a touch longer, and I'd put a plug out there for making time to really 
find a local spot to really sink your teeth into as you're traveling because this memory could have easily been missed and I don't know that I'd be talking about Porto in the same light without it. If you've never heard Pepas, I'll have a link in the show notes. Give it a spin and let me know what you think. So Porto is known for a ton of things, but one major piece is port wine. The Douro River is the center of the world when it comes to port wines. Both in Porto and along the river valley, you'll find all of these port houses and different vineyards that are the only places you can get authentic ports. The reason is because it's restricted. Whether it's ruby, white, tawny, or another vintage, you have to consider the fact that it has been quality controlled and mandated that it's from this region. That's probably the coolest fun fact we learned about wine in general, as well as ports specifically on our trip. We visited a couple of the port houses over in the Gaia neighborhood. If you know ports, these are kind of desserty wines that have fruit notes that really sing out as you sip. We got to check out a couple houses via some tours and tastings, at Burmester, they had an incredible way of displaying the history and detail of how port wine came to be in the Douro Valley. At Callum, they offered a photo show for a quality cultural experience. We closed off the night with a trip to the Casa de Bacalao for almost like a dinner and a show vibes. Each piece of this experience is curated. You get a peek behind the curtain to understand how they make their bacalao croquettes. You also get an understanding of the port wine that they've sourced. And finally, you get a show. The organist, he provides a couple of tunes that you might recognize and other ones that are local. But either way, it's a good time. It's a beautiful library set up with tons of space for great pictures to make a memory. What about Francisinha? Francisinha is the local most famous dish, probably right after the pasteles de nata. And this is native to Porto, native to Portugal, of course. But unfortunately, I didn't like it. I'm not trying to hate, but we just weren't impressed. Francisinha, just to paint a picture for you, is kind of like a inside-out grilled cheese with nothing grilled. I know that sounds weird, but go with me here. So it is a couple pieces of Texas toast, cheese, sometimes an egg on top with meat in between, 
usually some form of roasted beef or lunch meat. And then there's a sauce. So it's kind of like a smothered grilled cheese that hasn't been grilled. The cheese has been melted, but the bread itself doesn't crunch, doesn't crisp. And I think that because of that, the flavor just wasn't what I was looking for. Now, we had ours at La Muralla, this beautiful, beautiful restaurant. And everything else we had from La Muralla was great. Gambas Agil, get it, right? The wine, do it. Have the guy take your picture? Definitely. He was like a pro. He was like moving us around. He had us like sit up on the wall, try this, try that, right? This was not his first rodeo. Either way, the Francisina, super mid, super mid. Now, that's my verdict. I've only tried it once. I definitely don't believe that I'm a connoisseur enough or I've tried enough to be able to really make a call on this dish overall. But my recommendation is maybe try a few because the one that we had, we weren't impressed with. Also, knowing how my experience went, I would just ask them to toast it a touch more. If the bread inside would have been toasted or if the sandwich would have been done a little bit harder, I think I would have been in. The flavor was there, though. The mojo sauce was super good. The sandwich itself, tasty. It just wasn't my cup of tea. It's not something I look back and look forward to. It's something that I do look back, though, and remember. Not to say that the food there or Francisina in general isn't good. It's just a basic find your beach situation. Roll the die, try a few, and see what happens. When I look back on our time in Porto, I'm just filled with joy that we chose to check this out. Big shout out to my friend Nuria, who recommended that we go here for the long weekend because without her recommendation, I'm not even sure I would know what Porto was. She not only set us up with where we might want to stay, but she also pointed us to some attractions that we should check out along the way. There's a handful of other honorable mentions, though, that are a part of our trip that I wanted to share across a few different buckets. First in the eats category. Padaria Rivero, this little pastry shop near our state and near the university, was ideal. So we had their pastis de nata or these kind of little egg tarts. These are super famous. I would say slide in over there, grab a quick coffee, grab some other pastries to keep in your Airbnb or to take along the way with you as you sightsee and explore the city of Porto. This was down the street from Dos Leoes, which I think is two lions, and they're both on Parca Guillerme Gomez Fernandez near the University of Porto. This spot was a great late night clutch spot for us. We stopped there right away after we dropped our bags off and saw our beautiful view inside our Airbnb, and we were really pleased with everything they brought to our table. Since it's Porto, obviously they were up late, and even though we were rolling in at 10 or 11, they were fine to serve us, and the grill was still hot and ready to deliver. The prices in Porto were pretty comparable to Spain, so we just let it ride and splurged a little bit one or two bottles of wine on top of an entree and a couple appetizers to close out the night. Other things that definitely join our honorable mentions list 
are the absolute stunning shots we got at the beach. It was truly insane to see this from above with my drone, the Praia Motoshinos. We picnicked here and soaked up my third dip in the Atlantic Ocean. I loved seeing the other side after being in the Bahamas and Florida. Another random experience that stands out is the half rabbit. Now, we didn't expect to see this, but I love street art. This was a cool optical illusion made of trash that was pretty dope. Pop it into your Google search and make that stop when you pull into Porto. Another thing that we got to do was wander through the world of wine. This is a collection of shops and museums in third space. Really beautiful for passing the time with a bottle of wine. Even if you don't bring anything along or buy anything while you're there, the shops included are great examples of how Porto is such a cross-section of cultures. It was sweet to be able to see companies from Paris and other parts of the world kind of descending on this neighborhood of Gaia. Those port houses and Porto in general bring in so much attention that make it such a gem to visit. Even though it's not nearly as big as other cities in the Iberian Peninsula or parts of Europe, Porto definitely has my vote for a second visit. As I said before, we are only in Porto for a couple days, so we didn't really have time to take advantage of every single thing. It was hard to get to more of the port houses, and we really wanted to travel up the Douro Valley. That just didn't happen. As we look back, these are things that we consider adding to our itinerary for the next time or recommending to other people as they hear about this trip and plan their own. A couple of misconnections from our time. For the library, we really wanted to make this happen. The hard thing with it is that we saw throughout our time an insane, insane line for this space because of its Harry Potter fame and because it's just a beautiful attraction. With that in mind, on our first day and even our second, we considered hopping in line and did a little bit of research to make sure that we were getting the most out of our time in Porto. We wanted to go enough to buy tickets, so we did. Unfortunately, though, we had scheduled our tickets between our two port tours. After our first port tour, we were feeling pretty good. We stopped for lunch, and we missed our tour time. We thought about popping back over or purchasing another ticket, but we stayed in Gaia instead, and the next day we decided on the beach. We don't regret not going to the library, but it's one of those quintessential Porto things. So you'd be the judge if it's worth it or not for you. But for us, it just didn't fit this trip. We clearly wanted to do it. And we even saved the tickets that we purchased just as kind of mementos of the time and reminders for the next time. The aquarium was out near the beach that we visited, and we really thought that it would be a good idea to stop. I heard such good things, and I assume it would blow most of the aquariums that I've been to out of the water. Unfortunately, we didn't get to check out this aquarium, but next time for sure I'd prioritize this. The cool thing about Porto is that it's small enough to get around on foot, but when you're headed out towards the aquarium or some of the beaches or the Douro Valley, the transportation is pretty solid. 
We were able to figure out the bus system no problem and make our way to the beach and back without breaking a sweat. If you make your way to Porto, I'd say prioritize at least one of these two misconnections and maybe even find time to make your way up the Douro River Valley to check out some of those port houses in person. If you follow Curie Curiosity on Instagram, you'll see that I've been peppering daily quotes into the feed. I appreciate quick, thought-provoking opportunities to reflect, so here's a final thought that I'd like to share with you for today's episode. The bad news is, time flies. The good news is, you're the pilot. Michael Altschuler. Please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps other people find the show, and we appreciate your feedback. Like us on Instagram at Curate Curiosity to see photos and videos for this episode and others. Thanks for listening. I'm Dietrich Hunter, and this has been Curate Curiosity. And as always, today's going to be a great day. Cheers. Ciao. And see you soon.